First Person is produced in cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company, who rejoice in the stories of changed lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Learn more at febc.org. Our, our mission is to produce theater and out film from a Christian worldview meant to engage a diverse audience. We have like-minded people help us do it. It's a fellowship people believe art and theater from a Christian worldview can capture the imagination and influence culture. A new visit with Max McLean on this edition of First Person. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepard. I'm glad you could be with us for another conversation with actor-producer Max McLean, who has an update on his portrayals of C.S. Lewis. Stay tuned for the conversation. Thank you for the feedback we've received on recent interviews. You can reach us online by going to facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview and leave a comment. Or you can post a review of First Person at Apple Podcasts, at Google Play, or other podcast portals. When you do, it lets others know about our program, which is very helpful. So thanks for that. A few months ago, Max McLean joined us here to talk about his recent work on stage and film centered on the life and apologetics of C.S. Lewis. At that time, we mentioned the success of the film, The Most Reluctant Convert. Well, Max is back today with an update on that film, also a new stage production called Further Up and Further In, and more. I reached him online in his office, and we reflected on a busy few months. Uh, well, we, we, we launched a new show. Uh, further up, further in, it's doing really, really well. And it's, uh, we started touring that in September and it's the, the sequel to the most reluctant convert play, which of course became the film, mm-hmm. uh, and very, very excited about that. And, uh, yeah. So further up and further in is the next chapter, so to speak, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And this is the stage version that's, that's touring the country now. That's right. That's right. I just did Orlando. I'll be doing Fort Lauderdale when, as we're talking, and then uh, various other places around the country. Okay. Well, let's back up and give the, the background on this whole series. Of course, it started with The Most Reluctant Convert, which we'll talk about here today, which is, started out as a, as a stage production um, and then became a film, a very successful film, which is available right now, and we'll talk about that. But let, let's talk about it in sequence. Tell me about The Most Reluctant Convert. The... Uh, the, the, it began as a play in 2016. Uh, it was uh, based primarily on Lewis's memoirs, Surprised by Joy. Uh, and the way we tell the story, uh, you know, as a memoir, you know, you're looking back on your life. And so to, to create that, you have uh, an elder Lewis living in his memories uh, to uh, tell the story of his conversion from vigorous debunker of christianity to what he called the most reluctant convert in all england Hmm. Uh, and it's a process that it begins with his death of his mother at an age uh, uh, roughly nine years old and uh, uh, it talks about the estranged relationship he had with his father which he uh, he regretted uh, all his life that he never quite reconciled his father uh it, he was really shaped by the butchery of trench warfare in World War One, mm-hmm. uh, and he came to the conclusion that either there's no God behind the universe, a God indifferent to good and evil, or worse, an evil God. In fact, when he got back to Oxford after the war, uh, he 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 recounts 
that they read the minutes of their last meeting from 1914. In other words, his particular college, he was at University College, uh, hadn't met, you know, to do the business of the college since 1914. He comes back in, in the fall of 1919. Wow. And, uh, and, and that made him realize what a waste it all was because a whole generation of Oxford undergrads perished yes. in the trenches of France. Yes. And, uh, and he called it such a waste. And, and, you know, and it, in, it, it, we don't under, understand the mind of God, but it feels that way, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and somebody asked him, were you much frightened in France? And he goes all the time, but I never sank so low as to pray. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of tells you how far gone he was and right. then to and then when you think of you know all he's written and how much he shaped you and me you know with mere christianity screw tape letters and great divorce and all those essays in god in the dock and abolition of man and on and, and of course narnia yeah can you imagine that person started from that perspective well i and millions of others are eternally grateful for the life of uh of uh, C.S. Lewis and for what he has uh, shaped our, how he shaped our minds to think about God and his apologetics approach. Um, the play, of course, uh, when it came out, it came out to great reviews, The Most Reluctant Convert. But talk to me about the making of the film. You must have been thrilled when uh, that possibility presented itself. Well, Norman Stone, uh, you know, Norman is a great British filmmaker and he's been, you know, I've been friends for about a decade prior to making the film. And we talked about working together. Uh, and so we were already on the path to building a treatment for making a film in uh, in the fall of 2019. Uh, but we saw this as a project two or three years down the road mm -hmm. because we were very, very busy. And then, of course, the pandemic shut everything down. You know, you and I remember 15 days to flatten the curve. And I kept thinking, what am I going to do for the next two weeks? Uh, you know, and two weeks became almost two years. And, uh, but what's the, so in the sense, it really was because the, the film was kind of birthed out of the panic of what, you know, the pivoting of what do we do now? So we basically, we, we worked uh, feverishly on the script and, and then all of a sudden, uh, the British government was was going to open filmmaking in August of 2020, and Norman said nobody's working here, and and if we act quickly, we can get a really good uh, cast and crew mm. uh, if we are willing to uh, act now, mm -hmm. act fast. So I, I I went to my board and said, can we let's get let's fund the get the film in the can. We'll figure out post production and distribution later. So we we were there, and I I got on a plane uh, in in I think August thirty first uh, from uh, New York to to Heathrow, and it was a plane as big as Air Force One with far fewer people on it, hmm. and uh, and we you know I had to quarantine for a couple of weeks, and we began filming, and by the end of October, by the middle of October, we had finished filming, and as soon as we finished within a within a week of our filming, they. They shut down the country again. They shut down filmmaking uh, because there was another wave coming. You, you know, you remember, I remember the summer of 20, it was like, oh, this thing's over. Yeah, you know, right. it's going to, you know, false uh, alarm. Day, yeah, sure. Yeah. The Labor Day, everything's going to go back to normal. And uh, they're all hoping. And then, yeah. Boy, that 
that shut down by middle of October, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, we know you well, of course, and we've talked through the years, but we don't know as much about the director, Norman Stone. Tell me about him and his credentials and his love for this this message, this work, this this uh, yeah, this well, effort. Uh, that's good. In fact, uh, uh, Wayne, you should uh, you should interview him. He's a terrific interview. Uh, 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 he's a uh, you know he's got that wonderful uh, Scotch Scottish accent. Uh, he grew up. Uh, he, he's a preacher's kid. Grew up in a t- in a denomination called. Uh, his father was a preacher, and he grew up in a denomination called Strict and Particular Baptist. Oh boy, I, th- I thought uh, I said, had a narrow background. <laughs> yeah, he, he said, and he said uh, it was a denomination so small that not even God has heard of it. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, but you, you know who came out of that denomination was Martin Lloyd Jones. Oh yes, uh, of course, yeah. yeah right so uh and he sat under his ministry his you know his father would bring him up to church so he was in and good so company. he had a very yeah. strong uh, uh uh christian uh foundation that he's kept all his life and and he's always wanted to make film in fact do you remember the movie shadowlands oh, of about, course uh, yes yeah uh norman did the original shadowlands for the bbc mm-hmm. he's done 200 films one baptist and uh, emmys uh and he and i were friends and we had both had a love for lewis and uh and so when when covid hit uh he was available to do this film and jumped right on it hmm. and and now we've just signed a deal with him to do two more films wonderful and we're writing the scripts of that to, so that we can have a c.s lewis trilogy that we ante- we anticipate making uh this year you know sometime in late august uh till in the fall and uh and hopefully they'll release sometime in 24 25 yeah well, the most reluctant convert is of obviously still playing. It's on uh, Pure Flix now, yeah, and and other places as well. And we're so grateful that we have access to this tremendous film. You got to give us a little a little story of the making of though. There got to be something that happened along the way that just uh, would be an interesting little tidbit for us to know. Well, the one thing I mean, the I, I told you one that was very significant: the fact that that uh, uh, it opened. You know, British filmmaking opened just when we were ready to make it and closed just as we finished making yeah, it. That's yeah, just got right sovereignty. in that window, sure. Just got, you know, and the other thing that was interesting is that when 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 it finally released, the theatrical release was November of 2021. The day it released, it was the number two movie in America. Hmm. Uh, more than, it, it, it sold more than Bond. Uh, it was second only to Dune, and that was because they were in 3,000 screens, we were only in 500. And because of that, the... Uh, the, you know, this this is what they call theatrical release, where it's like a you get a, a one day release, mm-hmm. uh, and if you do reasonably well, you do you get two days. Uh, the, the 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 cinemas gave us four weeks. Wow, that is just absolutely unheard of. Yeah, you had to earn for the a screen, theatrical so. release. Yeah, but but what's interesting is uh, I could have told them because of the subject matter. You know, you and I know that. Uh, Lewis fans are they're in the they're in the woodwork <laughs> and they'll they'll come out you know and they're legion. We'll continue this conversation with Max McLean and learn more about the Fellowship for Performing Arts coming up in a moment. Here's Ed Cannon on the vision for FEBC's weekly podcast. The primary purpose of Until All Have Heard, of course, is to share the experience that FEBC has because we have staff on the ground in so many oppressive places. But in addition to that, we're trying to speak to you in a way 
that only the kind of testimonies you'll hear from around the globe can do. Discover how the gospel is making a difference around the world. Search for Until All Have Heard on your favorite podcast platform or hear it online at febc.org. My guest is Max McLean of the Fellowship for Performing Arts. We're talking about the most reluctant convert to film, which has been out since 2021, but is, is available now online. And, and it's being widely watched, isn't it, Max? Yeah, it's one of the top films on Amazon Prime. Uh, you know, that was uh, when it released there. I mean, the folks at Amazon contacted us and were really impressed and they they wanted to get behind it and support it. Um so I've been very, very impressed with how it's doing you know, since the release. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, of course, giving us the impetus to to continue the story. Yeah. And listeners will be glad to know it's also on Pure Flix now and has been since uh, yeah. late December. So it's available yeah. there as well. And we heartily, of course, recommend The Most Reluctant Convert. But that that stops the story soon after Lewis's conversion. There's much more to this man. So that's where you pick it up with further up and further in, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, a lot of people get converted, Wayne, and they don't become C.S. Lewis. So uh, how did that happen? You know, he says uh, his conversion was the end of one journey and the beginning of another. And and you and I are the benefic- beneficiary of that second journey, mm-hmm. uh, that second journey that... Uh, that made him perhaps the most influential Christian writer of the past hundred years, if not, uh, I don't think perhaps is the case. Mm -hmm. So where does that story pick up specifically? Well, in this case, uh, it's it's very interesting. You know, uh, it begins a little bit with what motivated him to write. He said, uh, you know, he had this, he he had this, uh, the, the, the thing that led to his conversion is he calls it the music we were born remembering. He calls it joy, which must be distinguished very uh, uh, sharply from happiness or pleasure. Uh, and he says, whoever experiences joy will want it again. I don't think earthly pleasures are ever meant to satisfy it, only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. And he says, I made it my duty to press on to the to that other country. And if I could to help others do the same. So that motivated him to write. And then, of course, in the process of writing, he was discovered by the BBC. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the BBC gave him a platform where he could explain, defend Christianity to the whole British nation who was being uh, you know, undergoing an onslaught from the from the German uh, Luftwaffe, the Blitz, and they need to be encouraged. And uh, it brought this great surge of letters. And he 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 was contemplating. Says you know he said the appeal of these talks that brought these great surge of letters is that he says this, and it's a very interesting comment. They were spoken from a position of belief. And then it goes on, a believed idea feels different than an idea that's not believed. I believe mm-hmm. there is but one God, and that Jesus Christ is his only Son. I believe in prayer. I believe in judgment. I believe in the second coming. I believe in heaven and in hell. In other words, absolutes, goes, right? Well, it's not only the absolutes, it's the conviction. Oh. Uh, you know, it's like you, when you, you sit on a Sunday morning, and, and this is not meant to be judgmental, but it is a true fact. 
you know, you sit in a sermon and, and, and you're not moved. There's no connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, part of it is yourself, but part of it's us, but part of it is, I'm not sure anything's there. And then other times you may be feeling as flat as a pancake and have no, nothing going on. And then somebody starts talking and the Holy Ghost is so deep, so, so penetrating yeah. that you just wake up, you know, something has been lit. Mm. And that's what happened with Lewis when he spoke and when he writes. And what's more interesting is, you know, there's there, you and I know a lot of those type people that can light up a room in a, in a very Holy Ghost way. But what's interesting is Lewis not only did it then, but after his death, he's continuing right. to do it. Yeah, it's, it's just remarkable. But I want to go back to his day. I mean, he was the man of the hour. The, the, the moment presented itself, and he was there to respond to it. And I've thought about this in light of you know, culture today. Is, is there someone that would be given that opportunity today? Would it have the same kind of impact that Lewis had on his generation? I mean, it was spectacular. Yeah, it really was. And it was, it, you know, my sense is if God wanted to do it, he'd do it. Of course. Uh, you know, uh, and maybe he has that in mind and, and we're just not aware of it. He might, it might be happening in Kenya someplace and we don't know about it <laughs> True. because yeah. the center of Christianity has kind of moved from <laughs> yeah. the, from the West to the, to the, to the, to the other places. Agreed. But, uh, but I, I, you know, it, it feels like, you know, the answer to your question, uh, we, I, I don't see it. But I don't want to have, I don't want to lose faith that it's not there. Right. Right. And this is such a yeah. cynical age. I mean, there was, cyn- yeah. there's always been cynicism. But I think, but his, but you know what? He was in a cynical age too. Uh, it's the difference being, and, and, and I, I'll give you one other thing. You know, I was in New York City for 9 11. Uh, and on, at church on, in New York City on September 9th, we had, we, we were in a big church. And we had 3,000 people attend, right? That was a big church for New York City. Uh, on September 16th, five days after 9-11, we had 5,700, <laughs> yeah. right? It happened all because, over America. Because, you, know, yeah. you, you know, when you really are, are eye-to-eye with your mortality, you know, you, things change. Uh, and Lewis says, you know, talk of Armageddon no longer seems fanciful as in this weak piping time of peace. They were facing you down know, we're, evil, weren't they? Yeah, they were facing down evil. And, and you know, it, it was, they were bombing your home. Mm-hmm. You know, you're sitting there listening to the radio, and next thing you know, your place is being bombed. That is an experience we don't have. But you know what? It could happen, right? And when it does happen in isolated cases, we react the same way they do. Yeah. And God will have his men and women in place, just as he had Lewis there. Yes to answer at those questions at that time. I understand that completely, Bill. So, But you were making the point that his influence is lasting, and uh, not just lasting, but is so, um, um, so perceptive for our times right now. Well, part of it, you know, this is a very interesting, he wasn't trained in seminary. You know, he was a lay theologian, but, and he read Greek and Latin. He knew that. In fact, he read uh, the New Testament in Greek, but he, he read everything. From the Greeks to the moderns. He had a steel trap mind that could remember everything he read, and then he could articulate it in, in a magnificent prose and speech. These are unique gifts. You know, the ones I mentioned, that steel trap, you know, the ability to take in data from all of history uh, and from a literary perspective. So he's having 
the the great imaginative thoughts of all ages being uh, presented to him, and then he has the ability to capture it and then to rearticulate it with magnificent prose and speech. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the unique gift of C.S. Lewis, and he did it all under the headship of Christ. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now we have further up and further in, which is a uh, form of a play now, but there has yeah. to be a movie in the works, right? I hope, I trust. Well, we have two films in the works. Uh, they they won't. The, the first film was based very sharply on the play. The next two films, partly because Lewis didn't write himself about, he didn't write memoirs about his own life then. Uh, so, so we're much more dependent on biography and letters, and so they'll have much more invented scenes. Okay, but we're going to do everything we can to. Uh, make sure we capture Lewis's voice all right. uh, for that. I can't begin to understand all the complexity of putting a production like that together, but any timetable involved here? Yeah, well, we're, we're right now we're, we, we've got first drafts of both scripts for films two and three. Uh, we anticipate being in production late summer, early fall. And, uh, you know, if all goes according to plan, uh, we'd like to release... Uh, one of the films in 24 and one in 25. Okay. Uh, you know, all these things, uh, a lot of factors involved, but that's the plan. Yeah. Funding, how is this handled? Funding is actually going pretty well. We're looking at about uh, $14 million to make them, and I think so far we're about halfway there. That sounds like a bargain in today's movie-making business. Well, part of it is, you know, you're, 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 we're not doing, uh, you know, we're not doing a lot of CGI and all that. We'll do some. And, and also making films in Britain is a little bit less expensive than making them here. Although one thing I'm not sure of, you know, COVID has jacked prices up in everything, as you and I know. So I, uh, we have, we, we have factored some of that in, but I don't know if we factored enough. Yeah. Understood. Okay. Yeah. And then just briefly, uh, fellowship for performing arts. Uh, this is something we want our listeners to know about. We talked about it last fall when you were here on first person and that program is in the archive for listeners to uh, check out as well. But just say a word about it and the vision you have for it. Sure. Yeah. Our, our mission is to produce theater now film from a Christian worldview meant to engage a diverse audience. You know, we, the, the key thing we do is try to capture people's imagination. We we're very careful of the stories we select. We try to execute at the highest levels that our budgets will allow. And then we, we have like-minded people help us do it. And that's why we're called Fellowship for Performing Arts. It's a fellowship people believe art and theater from a Christian worldview can capture the imagination and influence culture. Thank you, Max. God bless you. Thank you, Wayne. Well, it was great to catch up with Max once again and learn how God is using him and the Fellowship for Performing Arts to reflect a Christian worldview on stage and film through the life of C.S. Lewis. As always, we'll have more informative links for you to follow when you visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com. I'd like to take an extra moment to thank the Far East Broadcasting Company for the support that makes these first-person interviews possible. I've been acquainted with FEBC for many years, of course, but for more than a decade, I've been very involved, including hosting a radio feature called FEBC Today and a podcast called Until All Have Heard. This is a ministry to the world, and God is blessing it with great results to His glory. Please take a few moments to learn more about FEBC. You can listen to the radio program and podcast I mentioned, and much more at febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next time for First Person.